Welcome to Carousel Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Rolando. And we're on episode 344, an update episode. Yeah. We love our update episodes. Uh, so for those of you who are longtime listeners, you know what the what the, what the the deal is with the update the episodes. Uh, but if you're new to Carousel Podcast, kind of the way we do things is every Monday uh, on YouTube. So YouTube exclusive, we have Monday minis. So they're just short little episodes uh, where we kind of cover one little thing. Uh, then every Wednesday, we drop a longer episode like this and we kind of alternate. So one week will be a themed episode where we talk, talk about a specific topic, maybe garage sales, maybe shipping, something like that. And then on our update episodes, we talk about what's going on in our life reselling wise, what's going on in the reselling world in general, some kind of updates and news and those types of things. And then we also get to give some uh, sweet, spicy bolos, things you should be looking out for. Uh, when you're at garage sales, thrift stores, sourcing locally, whatever you're doing so that you can make the most money possible. So yeah, how are things going, Orlando? It's good. Before we start, though, make sure to hit that subscribe button and smash that like button. Yeah. We never do that. You know, we never ask people to do that. That's true. I mean, I do put a little thing on the video. Oh, that's true. That is true. That like, you know, people who are watching can see. Hey, listen, if every one of you, like I said, li- that listened to us, just jumped on over and just hit that subscribe We'd be doing pretty yeah, well on YouTube. Just, just smash it. Just no, subscribe. Does that make us subscribe. sound trendy? It's probably not even trendy anymore. No, say smash. They no. probably have changed it. I don't know what it is. Anyways, all right. So you want? All right, I'll start. I'll start. I I got a lot. So I, I I try to break this down into like other portions of the podcast. Just lots going on. All right, let's talk about garage sale season. Now, have you been able to get out there? No, um, it, you are so missing out. I know. Just don't don't remind me. You're killing me. You're killing me. There's always something Saturday mornings. Um, I'm I, I am going to before I leave California. I'm going to be hitting up my garage sales. I'm not going to miss out on garage sale season here in San Diego. Uh, but it's just been it's been tough recently. So uh, I'm doing other type of sourcing. Yeah. yeah, you're in that stage in life for all the like sports activities for kids and stuff. It's always like on Saturday mornings. Yeah, sports things or like awards or like I know, yeah, I know. like it's kids' birthday parties, all those things. And and you know, there's there's a, a, a it's give and take. You know, you've got to work, you've got to make the money. Uh, but then also because we're trying to be a little bit more cautious with our sourcing, it's like I don't need to go out and source right now. I'm trying to actually reduce the amount of inventory I have before my move. So. Uh, I'm not as like, I've got to go to a garage sale, but I, I do. I do got to go to a garage sale. I will say it was, it's interesting during that during that phase because it's a struggle. And the other interesting part of that is still to this day, when I tell people Saturday is my busiest day, people are like, what? That's crazy. But it really is. Like, if especially if you're a full-time seller that is the everything store, or you just like getting those deals. Like, you're out there for hours on Saturday morning, then you get home. And if you're doing things right... You have to process everything or at least get everything out of your car. Right. And then if you are about shipping things out on Saturday afternoon, then you got to pack all those things, get to the post office. So for me, I'm I'm pretty much nine to five on Saturdays. Right. Because the post office here, their cutoff point is 430 p.m. And I, I do like shipping those priority items on Saturday because you get to the buyers on Monday. So anyways, just, just something to think about because people always go. How come you can't hang out on Saturdays? And it's like that's that's where I make a ton of the money is on yeah, Saturdays. It's, you know? it's, it's the golden day. It's, it's the and golden. within the golden day, there's golden hour. There you go. There you go. All right. So garage sales have been great because I was concerned that this whole community garage sale season wasn't gonna happen. But the last two Saturdays have been great. Now I did take a risk this last Saturday. I haven't done this in a long time. It's been about two years since I did this where there was a community garage sale about an hour or hour, 10 minutes away. 
and it's always risky. Mm. Right. And if you have, if you haven't caught our, uh, I think, okay, where are we? Are we, we still have to, we haven't recorded our Monday minisode, right? No. Okay. So, okay. So check out our Monday minisode before this podcast dropped. So, Yes, before this podcast dropped. So you can catch on why community garage sales can be a win or sometimes why it's better to just go to the one-off garage sales. Mm. And the reason why it's risky is you can drive an hour out, right? This is my worry because there was about, there was like 20 to 30 in my area. But I was like, hey, if I go to community garage sales, this is a nice part of town. I can really score. But the danger is you drive all that way and there's like three houses, right? This one said 1,500 home community garage. So, you know. Yeah. When they only tell you how many homes are in the community. That was and my worry. How many are participating. Yes. Yeah. And that's always right. It didn't tell me how many are participating, but it was, it was in Carlsbad, which is a nice part of San Diego. So I was like, all right, maybe, maybe, you know, there'll be a lot of garage sales because I know those communities that are really nice. They don't like having the community garage sales because Everybody shows up. Right. And, and they don't like dealing with all the people that show up. And so I was like, all right, maybe it's going to be worth it. So I drove the hour. I got up at five something in the morning, got there a little bit before seven. And it was it was wild. I mean, there's people everywhere. But here's the beauty of it. And we, and we talk about this on the minisode. What do you like more? Do you like the ones that are like every single address is already listed on the ad? Or do you like the ones where it's you're just freestyling? Like, you know that there's a community garage sale, but it's like a mystery. Like, you know, you never know what corner is going to have that gold mine. Yeah, I like the I like the freestyle um, for sure. There's I mean, there's a lot of reasons I like the freestyle. I mean, it's nice if you can like plan out your route. But a lot of times everybody else has that same data. So the houses that are first are the ones everyone's going to. So you, then you pick one in the middle, but then they don't always list them by like the way they are in the the plate i like to just go and kind of find like all right i'm gonna get to where people aren't i'm gonna hit these areas and then kind of work my way that's kind of how i, I prefer to do it so see i'm kind of i'm back and forth because i've done the freestyle one and you could be driving sometimes for like 20 minutes and you don't find one the beauty about this one is there are so many houses having garage sales you couldn't miss it well and yeah that's that's got to be the key it's got to be i want one with a map like there's we've had some out here like in lakeside where it's like a community garage sale, but it's over like 10 square miles is yeah. this, you know, community. Yeah, yeah. It's huge. So you, you've got to have a map. You got to know. But when it's like a, a housing track and it's basically almost every other house or more is having a garage sale, they've got stuff out in front of their house. Those are the ones where you really don't need a map. You can kind of just, you're just driving around the neighborhood. Now you can get lost. Um, I, I'm pretty good with like mazes as far as that goes. I'm bad with directions, but I can just, I just know it. as long as I'm always turning left, I'm going to get to where I need to go. That type of a thing. But yeah. So, but if it is like a, like one where it's more spread out, I absolutely need uh, a map or I want to have it listed out for me. And so, yes, our listeners who are out in more rural areas, they're probably like, what are you talking about? I want a map, <laughs> no, I but I'm talking like, sometimes we have them here where you're going into a gated community and the houses are like five feet from each other. There are no yards. The mm -hmm. yards are like, you know, tiny, tiny little yards. And every house along the way is having a garage sale or like you can just see rows of houses and there's just stuff in front of every garage. That's when it's like, I don't need a map. It's kind of like garage sale heaven. You oh, know? yeah. It's, like instead of paving the streets of gold, it's just pave the streets of garage. Well, sales. the first time you took me out to garage sales, um, yeah, it, was, it was one of those. Yeah. It was the one where Orlando just stops in the middle of the street and just gets out. 
regardless of. And I'm trying to take my time looking at stuff, and you're like, "Get in the car, let's go." And I'm like, "Um, okay." Well, that's what this one was like, and I loved it because the best core. I'm not. I can't go into all of it. You should always follow us on Instagram because I post these on Saturday. I, and I really do love posting these on Saturday because I get great feedback from people are like, oh, you should really look into this one or you missed out on this. The, well, those messages are nice only if I can make it back. But, you know, well, I, I turned the corner and it's the best when it's seven. It was seven thirty in the morning. So I had been to a lot of garage shows that there's a ton of people. No one was at this one. There was nobody. And I show up and there's bags and bags of items. And they're clear bags and they were kind of, they were like trash bags, but they're, you know, like the vacuum sealed, like the ones where people like put stuff in storage kind of bags. And I show up and there's, you know, there's this lady here there and I'm like, Hey, you know, where's all this stuff from? She's like, Oh, you know, my kids are all grown and stuff. And this has been sitting in the garage for years. And I just thought, what a, what a great time to just sell. I was like, yeah. So I'm thinking in my head, I could ask her like, how old are your kids? And she's, she's like, oh, you know, late twenties, early thirties. So I'm like, all right. So at least this is maybe not, you know, great vintage, like nineties items, but maybe they're early two thousands, 2010s. And so I start going through this stuff. It's, 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 it's overwhelming. And I could tell some of the stuff had that kind of moldy, musty smell too. So I was like, ah, oh, you know, but I'm, I'm going through it. And I'm finding vintage hat after vintage hat after vintage hat. And I asked her, like, how much do you want? And I had like 10 hats. And she goes, I don't know, like a dollar for all of them? I'm like, okay. Like, I didn't even haggle on this one. And now, now here's, here's the danger. How much time do I spend here? Mm. Am I missing out on other garage sales? But at the same time, no one's around. So I need to move quick because once people get here, then you're going to feel the major pressure of how much time they want to spend. So then I see this, uh, this, I don't know, this bucket full of like cassette tapes and there's some vintage like eighties R and B and rap in there and stuff like that. And, you know, we've talked about like, you know, some of those tapes could go for like, you know, anywhere from 10 to 20 a piece to in the hundreds. And I saw a few in there and I was like, okay, how much do you want? She's like, you know, you can take them all for two bucks. And I, I, I thought, why, why not ask? And I'm like, how about just a dollar? <laughs> oh, come on, Orlando. <laughs> but she said, yes, she did not care. And then I found this vintage. Uh, See, I feel like that's when you, you might be going a little too far. No, at that but point. she, she wanted to help me out. I'm not going to take that blessing away. <laughs> so, so then I said, what about, what about this uh, crash bandicoot plush? Can we just throw that in there? And she's like, sure, just throw it in there. See, that's when you just need to say like, Let's just make it how much for everything. And then you fill up a trailer and you take it off. But that was the thing. I thought I was done. And then I go back to my car and I'm like, I need to go back. The deal's too good. So I went back and then I found this bag full of had Merrill shoes, had some hard to find vans in there and stuff. And I was like, how much for all these shoes? And she's like a dollar. And I was like, okay. And so I just, I just, I just kept going back and going back. But it was a reminder to me of community garage shows are a great place, especially if like the addresses aren't lined up to find major scores. Mm. And so, you know, I just kept buying it and she didn't care. She's like, you know, take whatever you want, you know, you know what? And then she actually started pointing out. So she's like, how about that? Or you want to just throw that into, your, you know, and I spent at this garage, though, I think like four dollars wow. and I'm probably going to make hundreds off of it but it wasn't one of those things where 
you know, if it was like a, a neighborhood that people weren't making that much money, I yeah. probably would have gone back and said, you know what? Here's here's like 30, 40 bucks. So, for example, I, 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 w- I went to a rummage sale and I knew they were trying to fundraise money. OK, so I'm not that bad. OK. Yeah. And, I, you know, so I went to a rummage sale. I know they're trying to raise money for for kids to go somewhere. And, you know, I they, they said you pay whatever you want. And then it's always hard for me. That's right. Hard, yeah. So I, I, you know, something I bought like a couple pair of docks and stuff, which I would normally at a garage sale would have paid like two or three bucks. And I just gave them 40 and I was like, you know, here you go. Like, yeah. So please understand. Okay. Orlando makes deals when he makes deals, but he also has a heart. Okay. Yeah. I do have a soul. And it's weird, especially when you go to, we've talked before about like wealthy neighborhoods and there's like a weird in between. Uh, but you, you run into two types of people when you're in the, the like very, very wealthy areas usually like multi-millionaires and like billion, they're not having garage sales, but like there's, there's like really, really upper class middle uh, or upper middle class that are having garage sales. And one of two things happens. One, they're so disconnected with money that they're, you ask how much for things and they're like, I don't know, 50 bucks for that, a hundred bucks for that. Cause to them, that's nothing. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, I'm never making a deal with you. And if yeah. you try and go low numbers, they're like, it's almost insulting to them. You're like, it'd be like if, if someone came to our garage sales and said like, I'll give you a penny. To them, they're like, Penny, what are you? No, you know, that that's kind of what they're thinking when you are offering a dollar, five dollars yeah. for things because they're like, No, I, I paid a hundred dollars for that, so yeah. you can get it for fifty dollars. Like, yeah. this is a garage sale, and they, they're so disconnected. And then the other side of people being disconnected to money is the like with where you were at, where they don't really care. It's like this thing was expensive, and they're like, I don't know, you could have to take it for a dollar. No, right? I'm just getting rid of all care. this stuff. Yeah, she she did so not have both care. ends of the spectrum. I mean, sure. even even her husband came out later, so. The hard thing about freestyling garage sales is you might end up at the same garage sale, right? So I kept making the wrong turn. I, I drove by it like two or three times. Mm. So I stopped one more time and her husband out there and I ever heard him saying, so are you moving this, this stuff? She's like, yeah, I'm trying to get rid of it. So it's all good. It's all good. But it, it was it was a it was a great garage sale morning. I really appreciated that. And it was nice because when I made those wrong turns and I ended up driving by on accident, I see all these people and I'm like, I already made up with what I with the good stuff, you know. And there's probably other stuff there. I just end up going to other garage sales. So, so there was that. Uh, there's also this. Uh, I had somebody reach out to me, uh, a listener of the podcast, and who, who we've made great deals with before. And and uh, I always tell people always network with other resellers. Always network with the reseller. So they reached out to me, and I may have another great connection of getting inventory. Uh, and I I don't want to share too much right now, but it was just a great connection. It's the one you shared with me, and you got me kind of upset. I, I did. It's well, all good. Because it, the problem is okay. okay. I, now people are going to start questioning me. Okay, here's the thing: Mike could and can partake on this connection. The problem is Mike is going to Texas. So what I told Mike is the amount of money I'm going to make in this connection is probably the amount of money you're saving by going to Texas. That's how that's how we're getting. Is that how you're gonna rationalize? That's it? how gonna, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Listen, it was all. It's open. I told you about it. You know. All right. Okay. Now this last thing, and I'll be quiet after this. And maybe this needs to be on the reseller topic. Should I move? Remember that discussion I had about like eBay. It's not good enough to just have good items. Should I move that to reseller topics, or should we just discuss it now? Yeah, it's, we can move it. That's fine. All right. All right. Talk to talk to me about how things are going. Uh. So. Like I said, I haven't had time to do the garage sale thing, but I, I still do quite a bit of like local deals. The nice thing with those is I'm a li- I am have a little bit more flexibility as far as, you know, 
there's a lot of annoyance with local deals, especially local pickup stuff where you're trying to meet somebody and it's like, well, can, does this time work? Especially when you find a really good deal, like, Hey, I got a great deal on this camera, but you can't ever like sync schedules. And then, so you just almost have to like watch it go away. It's like, you know, that's always hard. That's the worst. Sounds terrible too. Yeah. So it's like, I'm at school and it's like, well, can you come right now? And it's like, no, like I can come at this time. And like, well, how about at this time? It's like, well, I can come tomorrow at that time, but not today. And so it's, it, you, you run into issues for sure with the local deal, especially if you've got a full-time job. However, um, I also still have like my, my retail arbitrage stuff that I do. Mm. And it's not often, I'm not like every single day, but I'm, I would say I'm on, on like a rotation where at least once every couple of weeks, there's a certain stores I'm hitting on my way home and there's certain areas in the store I know to go to. And that's one of the nice things about reselling long enough is you kind of get into a couple niches where you learn, mm. um, or even just, you know, like, Hey, this store has a really good clearance section. Um, and this store has a clearance section that looks good, but it, it because it's a big box store, those things end up being super cheap everywhere. So it's not worth it. So you kind of learn those things the longer you're in an area, the longer you learn, you know, a certain niche in reselling. So there's a few places I go to. Um, there's a couple of Rosses I go to for certain things, uh, some other places I go to. So I went to uh, Ross on the way home and it's kind of like my rounds. Right. And I noticed that like no, the normal things I've, I've kind of been looking for over the last several months and have, have scored on. It's like, it's drying up. Oh, really? Yeah. And so when you see that, it's like supply oh, man. chain. I don't know if it's supply chain. I don't know what's going on. So um, I'll give you an example. So this isn't one where I'd say I make a ton of money on, but occasionally I make some money on fragrances. Are you dropping a bolo here? <laughs> no. I mean, I've talked about it in the past. I, I, I'm kind of into colognes. I don't know the perfume wo- world that well, uh, but I've been getting into colognes more and more. And so getting into the fragrances and Marshall's, TJ Maxx, Ross, those rack stores, um, occasionally you're able to find stuff that's like pretty decent. It's not always, a lot of times it's like, this would be a good deal personally. Every once in a while you find like, this is resellable and it's mm-hmm. not all the time. It's, it, it's, it's very occasional, but because I collect it on my own too, it's one of those things where it's worth going. And when I do find the, Hey, I could pick up three of these and I can sell them at $40 a profit each. Um, and then I know TJ Maxx in this area has this or Ross in this area has this, I can go hit up a bunch of them. So I'd say a few times a year, I'm able to like get a score that's worth it. Like several hundred dollars worth. I know to hit up these stores and I walk into this TJ Maxx and we're getting close to mother's day right now. And so I would anticipate like the perfume would be empty and that kind of stuff, but it was the men's fragrances and it almost empty. And I haven't seen it like that before. Yeah. So I don't know like what's going on, maybe something. And, and again, that could be a, Maybe it's not a pattern. Maybe it's just those couple of stores. Um, but if I if I notice a pattern like that, that might be a signal that, okay, maybe there is something going on with supply chain or something which could increase values in that. Uh, all that to say, um, you know, I tried that. And the other place that I often try, and I don't know if I've talked about this on, on podcast before, so hopefully I'm not killing my market here. Um, maybe I am. I'm going to do it anyways, it's whatever it is. Cause we, we used to say that when we only had like a few hundred listeners, I know, I know. <laughs> now, now you are going to kill your market, but go ahead. I, I could. Okay. So I've done actually really well at Barnes and Noble in their, um, their clearance section. Really? Yeah. So not I for used to books. source that. It was hard to find things though. Maybe things have changed. Well, that's the point I'm trying to make is that it's kind of going back. So there was like a, a season where I could go there and, and again, it's not every day. It wasn't like you could walk in there and anytime you walk in, you're walking out with hundreds of dollars in yeah, profit. Yeah. But if you would go once a week, there's a good chance that there's something in there you can make $20 on, something in there you can make $40 on. 
And every once in a while, you'd find like, hey, they've got like, and board games is a lot of times where that money would come for me, where they would have clearance board games that sell for, you know, $70, $80 on eBay. And they're on clearance for whatever reason for like 20 bucks mm. at Barnes and Noble. And there's not just one of them, but there's like seven of them. Right. And that's when it's like, okay, this is a sweet deal. Pick them all up. Maybe check the next Barnes and Noble and they have those too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I've noticed over the last couple of months, same thing. The Barnes and Noble clearance section has changed. Like the things that the, the, the selection is getting less and less, the prices and the discounts are getting less and less, which is weird because typically when we're talking about this type of economy, more and more things go on sale, but it's almost like. Maybe people are going to clearance first before they buy. It, it could be. It could be. So it could be that, that that's where people are shopping. And so all the good stuff is just going fast um, or that the stores know that. And so they're not clearancing as many things and they're trying to like get the money for the stuff that they have. I don't know what is going on, but um, let us know in the comments below. Have you noticed like a shift in, you know, some of the places you normally shop? I mean, I know it's only two anecdotal evidences of like, hey, I like this specific niche and even toys at Ross. Occasionally I'll do OK on toys at Ross. Um, but like, I'm like, man, it's just the last couple of months have felt drier to me at these kind of places where I wouldn't say they're bread and butter for me, but I've never gone like two months of of not like walking out of the store like, all right, sweet. I made 200 bucks today. Huh. And it's kind of been like consistent and it's almost like it's getting worse. So I don't know if that's just a sign that I need to shift into a different niche or uh, a different style or or maybe that's just a sign that right now this is just this isn't where money is going to be made. So, um, yeah, there's that. Um, but yeah, still doing the local deals thing. Um, that's where a lot of the money's coming from is, is local deals. Haven't been selling as much local, which I kind of need to, um, because of the move that I've got coming up. I've got quite a few bigger things that I kind of want to move quickly. Um, but again, it's, I feel like there's almost more pressure as the seller than the buyer, right? When you're a buyer, you can kind of make the decision of like, Hey, I'm trying to buy this thing. If the schedule thing doesn't work out, Oh, well, is it really worth it? If it's really worth it, I'll make it work. But when you're the seller and you're just getting message after message on things and then you're trying to constantly worry about like, okay, I can meet up at this time at this place. That's where it's like it's not worth it unless it's higher end stuff. So I do a lot of local, but it tends to be things that are over $100 and are large things that wouldn't be fun to ship. Uh, So I need to kind of shift more towards selling instead of sourcing, which I think is a lot of resellers, right? Like I think we, I think we all source a little bit more than we sell. Well, that's why I don't like local deals. I just don't do them. I, I, I will do them if it's something I absolutely don't like want to deal with, but that's very rare. Like I'd rather, I just stole the, oh, did you notice my, uh, my statue or, oh, or yes. my, it, yeah, so it's, so I had this huge, um, art piece yeah, we'd have to move it around the uh, the the studio every time we'd set up lights to record and be like moving this giant thing around. Yeah, so it weighed 50 pounds, but I just didn't want to deal with all the flakes. And yeah. so I just let it sit and it sold in like in two months. I, I paid 25 and I sold it for 125. Right now, the shipping, it did take some time. It took me about mm, 45 minutes to get it packed. But to me, that was better than driving out, waiting for somebody they they may show up, they may be late, and then drive me. I mean, that's another forty five minutes. I'm I'm dealing in loss, right? And so, just it is what it is. I've gotten comfortable with shipping big things, so I don't stress shipping big things. Yeah, that's good. I don't good like the there. work. I, mean, I sold an Onkyo uh, receiver the other day. Oh uh, yeah. No, I'm done sourcing them. I sold it. I paid like five bucks for it and sold it for fifty. It was such a pain to yeah, pack. And they're shit. heavy, and then also you got to be careful because you're like you're not wanting to break knobs and yeah, you and have to levers like super bubble wrap the corners and yeah. and you have to kind of float it a little bit. It just 
not I'm not doing it anymore. It just it was not worth my time. So hey, before we move on, something that will save you time yes. is my reseller genie. Yes. So if you have not signed up for my reseller genie and you're a reseller or you're brand new and you're kind of worried about you know understanding your numbers or you're worried about taxes and so on, my reseller genie is a great tool. It'll allow you to import all your stuff from the previous year. And even now, right, it'll start importing all the eBay data live. And so check it out. It's, it's a great way to just see where you're at. You know, you may be sourcing garage sales only or thrift stores and you're kind of like, ah, I don't like doing the Excel spreadsheets. The My Reseller Genie takes care of all of that for you. So definitely check them out. You get a free 15% off the first month using our promo code Pure Hustle. Go to the link below. Again, uh, promo code Pure Hustle, all caps, uh, and you'll get 15% off the first month. And I guarantee, well, I can't guarantee everything because everybody has their things that they like to use. But I will say for myself, I really like my reseller genie. I do believe it's reseller friendly. So check it out. Yeah. So is it okay not to guarantee? I can't guarantee everybody will like everything. Yeah, no, but I mean, it's it's a high chance. I mean, we've got a couple episodes ago, maybe it was our last episode. We One of the tips we gave was like emptying out your car right away after mm-hmm. you're done with garage sales. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it was on our Discord. Somebody had mentioned you know, yes, that's something they have to do. They got home from a big sale and it's going to take a lot of time to get all of their stuff out, get all of their stuff like inventoried, pictured and put into my reseller genie. Right? They even mentioned that. And it, it's true. Like once you get it listed, if you're, you're, you got that tier, it's doing a lot of that for you. And it is like, oh man, this is like, is this an extra step for me? But the reality is the data that you get from it on top of the fact that you are going to save 10 times that amount of time when it comes to tax time. And you've got all that information. It's already done. It's already in there. And it's, you think, man, the five, 10 minutes I'm spending when I get done with my garage sales compared to the hours and hours I'm going to be saving when it comes to tax time, man, it makes my reseller genie so worth it. It just cracks me up because the, the creators of my reseller genie, they would ask me like, what do I do for my taxes? And I would talk about how I would spend hours upon hours going over inventory that sold and didn't sell. And so on. And I was like, it's such a pain. They're like, hey, Orlando, you know, you could do that up front with my reseller genie. I was like, oh, really? Oh, because they thought I think they thought I was crazy in the beginning because I would share my process. And they're, you know, they're accounting. They're so. like, are you just joking? Yeah. <laughs> they're like, what they said is this. They said, you are very unique in the way you do things. That's what they said. Well, they're probably thinking like it's like us, like when somebody's new to reselling, and they're like, well, you know, this thing sold. So I went to the UPS store and I bought a box there and then I bought the peanuts there and then I had them put it in there and then I bought the label there and it cost a bunch of money. It'd be like, why are you doing it that way? Like there's yeah, a yeah, cheaper, yeah. easier way to do yeah, this. Yeah, that's basically the, the that conversation yeah. we had. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you just didn't know. It's All okay. Right. All right. So what do you want to hear from? Do you want to hear from about the angry buyer or the demanding buyer for my random stories? Uh, I mean, definitely angry. Okay, but the demanding buyer is a funny story. Well, then why'd you give me an option? It's still in process. Okay, so again, I'm going to reiterate, resellers are the worst buyers. And the reason I want to share this is I want to encourage everyone to always keep your cool. Always keep your cool. No matter how angry the message, no matter if they cuss you out, no matter if they tell you that you're the worst person on earth, just keep your cool. Okay, so here's what happened. So I, you know, I have, I've been selling a lot of ticket stuff lately and I've never had a complaint. And the way I pack mine is I bubble wrap it and then I will uh, put cardboard around it. Like, uh, you know, I'll put two flat pieces of cardboard to keep it. Cardboard first, right? Before bubble wrap. Mm, Maybe I should be doing that. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. 
I think on this one, I, I was fast and I put the bull wrap first. Anyways, okay. But still, you should still be okay. The only reason I have found that people end up damaging, like, I have never had anybody damage a ticket, but I've had people damage clothing is that they'll just take a pair of scissors and just cut off the top and they end up like cutting the shirt or the dress or whatever. So somebody <laughs> messaged me said, sorry, but worst pack job ever. You packed a single thin ticket stub in bubble wrap only. Seriously. Discover the remarkable journey of anonymous John. No one likes feeling alone, anxious or overweight. But John refused to let his circumstances define him. When his weight ballooned to a staggering 600 pounds, he made a choice to take control of his life. He began documenting his journey in his journal, and after shedding his first 103 pounds, he decided to share his story with the world. Through his journal, he offers inspiration and hope to anyone struggling with similar challenges. If you're looking to be inspired and uplifted, the Anonymous John podcast is for you. Join us on this journey of transformation and visit our website, theanonymousjohn.com. Got damaged during opening. I'm like reading this. I'm like, no. So, so basically I just wrapped something in a bubble and threw it in an envelope. Like I would never do that. So then they said, communication from you, non-existent, terrible. Better off sending it in the stay flat than padded. Unnecessary by all accounts based on what I paid for shipping. They only paid $4, by the way. Okay. First class. Disappointing for sure. Paid $25 for trash. Sorry. Then they said, greatly disappointed when I'm allowed to leave negative feedback. I will most certainly will. I want nothing back from you, but I definitely will not buy from you again. Best wishes. So I'm reading this. I'm like, okay. I bubble wrapped the thing, put it in cardboard, and then I put in a bubbled poly mailer. I did everything I could, and I've never had it. I've sold hundreds of ticket stubs and never had a complaint. Not one. Not one single complaint. So if I was, like, new, I kind of would have been like, okay, maybe I messed up. Maybe there's something wrong. Like, you just questioned me. I, I wonder what people would say. Would people say bubble wrap no. first the bubble wrap after? No, bubble wrap after. Okay, all right, whatever. But I've never had a complaint, okay? Never had a complaint. I've sold several hundred-dollar tickets Without a complaint, okay. And I, I do think I don't know why this one I did the bowl wrap and then the cardboard. I don't know why. Doesn't matter. It arrived safely. Did you catch how? How did it get damaged? The unwrapping. The unwrapping. Yeah. Okay. Not my problem. Not my problem. Not my problem. All right. So I didn't know how to respond to this because I'm like, I'm not gonna refund this guy because this guy damaged it, right? I'm also. Not gonna admit to do, to like do anything wrong because I I, pro, I properly packed it, packed it. So then I said, "This is how I responded." I said, "I'm not sure what to say, but I've shipped many tickets throughout the years without a problem. Ticket was bubble wrapped, put in a cardboard sleeve, and placed in a bubble poly mailer. This is the first communication I received. If this is an error. Please let me know." Right. So you got. We have always said you got to play dumb. Right. Like I'm not sure what happened. So they said, my apologies on the communication aspect. That was not a fair statement, but the rest stands as stated. I will not be leaving any negative feedback. Regardless, I will enjoy. Oh, they said, I will not be leaving any feedback. Regardless, I will still enjoy the ticket. I'm like, what? Okay. So I just said, all good. Thank you for getting back to me. And the conversation ended. What are your thoughts on this, this communication here? I don't know. I mean, people people get angry. They say things. So, I mean, 
I, uh, I, the mad respect for this buyer for at least admitting like, Hey, okay, maybe I was a little bit off there. Um, that takes a lot for someone to say that. Um, and then also for them to kind of take away the, uh, I'm going to leave you negative feedback. Like that's, that's nice of them to do. Um, but I mean, to be fair, I could see how if you've got something that's like rare and like, and fragile, like piece of paper, that if it's wrapped in something and you go to unwrap it, like things can get like bent, like like you're unwrapping and then it True. bends. So True. I could see how, I could see how they would think it's it has to do with the wrapping. But even still, there's a, a proper way of addressing that, right? Because if it was like, hey, because it, it sold for what twenty five dollars, twenty five bucks, man. right? Like you would have big deal. I think when it really came down to it, like if it was if somebody came nicely to you and said like, hey based off of the way it was packaged like it got damaged um can i get a partial refund or can i send it back like you would have you would have dealt with i was that, right? about to refund them right exactly i felt really bad for them like i myself if i bought something i really treasured and i damaged it i probably I, i'm not the kind of person that would message them but i can kind of be in their shoes and go like man that, that's oh that's i just terrible. think about it like this like if you let's say you put bubble wrap on or, or any kind of wrapping. You can tell this is a recently podcast when we start talking about bubble wrapping. Let's say it's bubble wrap or even like newspaper or some kind of paper. Anything that you put on, I don't know, let, let's just say it's a shoe, right? Yeah. And let's say like part of it, like is in the heat of during shipping, part of that's like melted onto the item. Like that's not their fault. And it's, you know, in some ways it's not your fault. Like oh, maybe 100% ways- you got to be careful with those. I know what you're talking that, about. But, but that's what I mean. So like the reality is things can get messed up based off of the way they're packaged, even if they're packaged well. And so that's why there's like, there's a fine line because you could do everything to do it right. Like you could use wax paper or you can use like tissue paper to cover, to protect from those types of things and then bubble wrap and then cardboard and then float. And then it's like, well, you don't have to do that for everything, but so anything can really happen. And so, yeah, as a, as a seller and as a buyer, like you get something and it's not always your fault. It could be like, Hey, this, got damaged i peeled off the the bubble wrap and i didn't like do it slowly enough and part of it stuck on the thing and now i have to like scrape it off and now my thing is like messed up and so technically i damaged it but also like this kind of sucks because it had to do with the shipping and so i could see why a buyer would be angry but again you're going to be better off by just saying like hey this happened like just want to let you know because yeah you would have refunded it right I, i was i was about to but then i was kind of like but this does that punk. this guy's a punk? But like, does that like, say though that you're uh, you're maybe playing by emotions instead of just like raw business? It was, no, my message was raw business. I waited a day, I, so I messaged. I me, I waited like a couple hours before I messaged because I'm like, all right, let me let me just go back to this a couple hours, you know. And then he waited. Oh, he or she, okay, waited a whole day and then got back to me. So I don't know. Anyways, let us know in the comments. Let's know. All right. This this is an interesting one. So, you know, we we mentioned before, if, in case you don't know, eBay does not require white backgrounds anymore. Right. We, we I used to push it all the time, but they're saying now that it, it's not that big of a deal. They will say that it does give a cleaner look, right. a crisper look, and people are more likely to click on your item if you have a white, clean background. But it's not necessary. But maybe this scenario here, it applied. So I sold a, a plush dog. Mm. Okay. And it's a bigger dog. And so they, this person messages me and says, can I see actual pictures of plush dog? I'm like, okay, maybe they think it's fake. Maybe they think I'm just, you know, sending whatever. So all I could tell them is, you know, Hey, I don't have those pictures anymore. I delete after uploading them to eBay. But if you'd like me to cancel, please let me know. Cause I just didn't want to hassle right. with this person. Then they say, then they message, I like to see them and porches. Procter and Gamble. 
Ben and Jerry, supply and demand. These are pairs that change the game. But when it comes to business growth, it's you and Shopify. From that exciting moment you launch your online shop to setting foot in your first real life shop and gasping as you hit that millionth order, Shopify's beside you, cheering you on. Selling shipping supplies or maybe promoting productivity programs, it doesn't matter. Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Their all-in-one e-commerce platform? Check. In-person POS system? You bet. Turn those casual browsers into loyal buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. Did you know it's up to 36% better than other platforms? And there's more. Meet Shopify Magic, your AI-powered MVP, making your life easier. Fact time. Shopify powers a whopping 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. They're the driving force behind big names like Allbirds and Brooklinen. And guess what? They support millions of entrepreneurs across 175 countries. Oh, and did I mention their award-winning support team? Always there, every step of the way. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash pure hustle, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pure hustle now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pure hustle. So I don't know if there's a, a language barrier, but does he want me to like model the dog on like a porch? I think in pictures. Okay. Yeah. So then I said, unfortunately I cannot accommodate, but then I thought about it and I was like, oh, okay, I'll play this game. But I mean, again, like it's pictures. They meant to say pictures. It's just autocorrect. So then I just went to my lawn and I put them with, see, look, look at the nice Aww, dog. Look at the nice dog. Yeah, the, okay. So, um, I put the dog on the on the lawn. I took pictures of it, and I said, "I said it's not a porch, but here, here you have a you know what you can look at." <laughs> you said it's not a porch. He didn't mean porch. What do they mean? Pictures. I want to see it in pictures. I like to see him in, in him and porches. So I, did you see what I replied? I said I was able to free up some time. Not a porch, but I was able to take some pictures on the lawn. <laughs> oh my gosh, Orlando! What? Wait, wait! I I can read English. They wrote porch, so yeah, you got to use context clues. Context <laughs> clues. If so, oh my god! So I like to see him in pictures. Yes, I, I just want to see it in pictures, pictures of it. But yeah. I already sent the pictures. Yeah. So they haven't gotten back to me yet. But um, it's not a porch, but it's a lawn. Oh <laughs> yeah, I said not a porch, but I'll be able oh, to no. take some pictures on the lawn. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, you know, there's some pictures of, of if you can uh, see this, I don't know if you can see this on the camera, of the doggy on the lawn. So, or lawn down. So anyways, okay. <laughs> what, what, is the, <laughs> what is the lesson in all this? Sometimes it's just not worth the effort when people want you to do things like all the time. The worst are the people that are like, hey, can you measure the the foot at its widest and send it to me anyway? So maybe and this is an international sale because I try to send them an invoice. So maybe it was a language barrier. So I mean, language barrier, but but just like a misspelled word. 
pictures. Not I didn't want it on porch. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what they were looking for. They wanted pictures of the plush oh, dog on gosh. a porch. Okay. Anyways, stay tuned if this sale actually goes through. All right. Do you have any random stories outside of my weirdo ones? Yeah. So this one's this one's weird. So we've we talked about um Timu. Um again, I need okay. to like watch a YouTube video to see if that's how it's pronounced. Uh, might be Timu, Timu. Um, anyways, I've actually bought quite a few things from them and have been pretty happy. And and one of the things that I, I've recently gotten, I got a good deal because like you can kind of manipulate the system. It's a, it's an interesting app. You've mentioned too, they're really good about like emailing you and messaging you stuff all oh, the man, time. They and are to like you just got a hundred dollar coupon, and so like you know you, you click on it, you want to yeah, see yeah, like yeah. are you want a free prize? And they actually do do some pretty good deals. Like um, I. I want to get, you know, those gel blasters, those little Orbi um, beads, little water beads that you can like, you put in water and they, oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they have guns now that shoot those and they're really cool. And so I bought um, one for me and one for my son. If you get them on Amazon, they're like blowing up. If you get them on Amazon, they're like, you know, anywhere from 40 to $50 a piece. Not too bad for what they are. Um, you can get them on team the on Timu for like 25, 26 bucks. And I had them in my cart for a while and I was kind of just seeing like, are they going to keep offering new deals? And everyone saw they would. Sure enough, I got an email and they like offered one of them. They, they discounted one of them down to $8. So I paid like $35 for two of them free shipping. Wow. And so I'm like, free shipping is wild. It's crazy that you get that. So anyways, I was talking to a friend of mine at work and he was mentioning how he's seeing these gel blasters at swap meets like crazy. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I know exactly what's happening, right? Viper stat is exactly. Like- and so I asked him, I said, well, how much do they sell them there? He's like, well, the small ones, the little ones, which sell on, on Timu for like, if they're not on sale, you don't have any specials, maybe $20, but a lot of times they're like $15. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, like $30, $35 for, for these guns, but they're pretty cool. And I'm like, yeah, like they're buying them on this website, right? So I know people are using these and they're they're using Timu to like sell things at, at garage sales or, or, or more likely uh, swap meets. And so anyways, I'm like looking through it and somebody on our Discord had made a comment that like they liked Timu because you could get, like you could spam the referral and get like a free Nintendo Switch. And so I was like, you know, I want to see like what is what is on this app. So I'm like looking through things and they've got like an affiliate link thing, which is, you know, not a bad one. Everybody can sign up. Like you don't have to be like a YouTuber to get their affiliate. No, no we got approached to be uh Timu influencers. Yeah. So um man, maybe we should have done it. They, they're actually really smart we marketing. Can still do it. And they've got smart marketing in the sense of they know how to part of it and and one of the guys in our Discord, we were going back and forth talking about this and, and he kind of mentioned it's almost like a game app. Like they kind of gamify things, like when you're buying things, like you know, you can spin the wheel and you'll get this that discount. Dopamine, man. They're really dopamine. good at the dopamine hit. And so, anyways, I was looking through the like offers and free things, and they had a thing where it was like you can get a gift. And so again, it's it's like they're like a casino, like or video games. Video games are specifically set up to like release dopamine in certain levels. So like not to get like scientific, I'm not a scientist, but like, you know, dopamine is the the chemical in your brain that that is like excitement, happiness, like it drives you forward. Uh, it's that thing you get, you know, when you're scrolling on your phone or you, you eat a piece of chocolate, whatever. So it's that it's that like pleasure hormone. So video games release a bunch of dopamine right off the bat, like the beginning of the game. Accomplishments are easy. Mm-hmm. And then as time goes, it gets a little bit harder. And I think even eBay does this, right? Like when you're new to eBay, I feel like they try and push your stuff. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get you to sell. They want you hooked into the system. And so anyways, I, I do this thing. I get two free gifts, right? And one of them is a, is a, an, oed nintendo switch like the big one oh and but in order to unlock that free gift you have 24 hours to like 
do this thing, right? And, and so they like. Is this why you asked me if I downloaded the app? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, is, <laughs> I wanted to do it as an experiment because yeah, I, yeah. I wanted to share with our, our listeners, like, is this something that's worth doing? Uh, because I think Timu is useful as a reseller for potentially buying items in bulk and yeah. selling and not even huge bulk. Like you don't have to do the like um, the Alibaba thing where you've got to buy like a, thousand a thousand of something, yeah, right? Yeah. Like you can buy one of something and you can buy 50 of something. You can buy whatever increments you want and then sell it something like a swap meet or even your own garage sales, however you want to do that. And so I, I'm, again, I'm, I'm just kind of experimenting with this. And so I, they, they, I'll kind of show you what it looked like so that you, you have to like, earn the money that the the things cost but like the first like so it's like $330 I have to to like cut off of the price and the first like $300 came free like I just had to like spin a wheel a couple times it's like you knocked off 250 and you want a free spin and right so now it's like I've only got like $35 left I've got to knock off this he may be the Amazon killer there it's it's very gamified it's very gamified so I'm like, wow, this is like, I'm already getting really close to getting this free switch, right? Oh, wow. And you want me to buy something? No. So it's not, it's not buying something. This is how they get you. So in order to, to knock off more money. So I had like 30 some dollars I had to knock off. Um, and, but you can get $20 knocked off by just like inviting a friend. So I can invite my wife, like, sweet. Let's see if it, sure enough. Boom. Now it's down to like $16 or whatever. I have to, I have to be able to, to, to knock off. So you can get up to two dollars off per referral person. So I, it's like okay, fine, I'll 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 just test this because if this is because if this is like the person on my Discord said, if it's true, if it's if it's like I've got to get ten people to be referred to this thing and I get a free three hundred dollar item, that's a pretty sweet thing. I'd want to share that with the listeners. Like, hey, you know, if you've got ten friends, family, like you can get something free. Maybe flip it on eBay. Are you just trying to get all our listeners? Because I don't. No, because I'm I'm <laughs> I'm against it now. Um, and oh, I, that's why I ran this. Okay. That's why I ran this um this experiment. I don't think it's worth it. I think it's very now it could be worth it. To be honest, I could I could use probably our 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 platform and say like, hey, if I can just get like 30 or 40 people to sign up and I'd get something for free, but I don't think it's worth it to all the people you're getting to sign up. I think mm-hmm. Timu is good to get like I would tell a friend like, hey, you should you should download this app and buy something from it. But I sent out this invite to a ton of people and each person that that actually took the time to to do it and say, okay, I'll sign up for you. The first person I got two dollars cut off. Basically, it's wow, like getting two dollars. Yeah, they show you. That's crazy. So the first person I got two dollars cut off. The next person I got a dollar eighty cut off, and and I've got to get the number down to zero. So I got to get all this money cut off. The next person was a dollar sixty. The next person was a dollar forty. At this rate, every new person that signs up, I'm making less and less on. So with eleven twenty, it's like at most I've got like maybe five oh, more people to sign up. No, it's actually probably closer to like twenty people I've got to get signed up. Wow. And not only do they have to download it. I mean, that's all they have to do. They have to download it, but it doesn't just download the app for them. It downloads the app with the pick your free gift. And so then they pick a free gift and then now they're trying to invite people. So it's almost like I'm, I felt like I, I, I even posted this in the discord, like, Hey, I want to test this thing. I don't want to talk about it on the podcast. Don't, don't feel like you have to click it. But if anybody wants to like click on this, I just want to see what it does. Right. And I had a few people do it. And the conclusion is, man, I feel like this is very like almost like pyramid scheme. Now, if you have a huge network of people, if you can get a ton of people to do it, I think right now, if I wanted to, because I've only got a little bit of time left, let's see, it's like 20 hours left or something, 17 hours left. If I really wanted to, I could bug the rest of my friends and family and probably a bunch of people on the podcast and I could get this free switch. But even then somebody on our discord was able to do it and they said, Oh yeah, they've been out of stock on it. But you know, if you, if you, if you like hawk it, as soon as it comes back in stock, you just redeem your gift. And he goes, a bunch of people have been redeeming their gifts. I just am not hawking it enough to do it. And I'm like, 
So I can spend all this time to get this free thing and then still have to like basically wait for the right moment when it's in stock and then try and get it. I'm like, this is just, it's not worth it. But at the same time, it's genius by Timu. Like they are, they, I, I think I got like six people or seven people to sign up for this thing today. Just because I was like, this is interesting. And I'm like thinking, man, I'm getting a free switch. Like, this is sweet. It's going to be like, I need like three more people to sign up. And lo and behold, the reality is I've got 17 hours left. And there's a lot of people who are going to do something like this and they're going to get suckered in. Now, all this to be said, I think that Timu is a great app that you can potentially use to get some stuff. Be careful because there's a lot of stuff that you could sell that would technically be fake. I'm not advocating for that. But there's a lot of things on there, like I was saying with the gel blasters, where they're not like a knockoff or it's not a fake. It's just, you know, a cheaper Chinese version of it, mm -hmm. which is what you're getting on Amazon anyways. You're just getting it straight from China as opposed to the one on Amazon with the name brand on it. So I think there are a lot of things you could buy and sell and, and potentially be profitable if that's the model of reselling you want to go down. Just don't maybe get suckered into the game pyramid scheme aspect of Timu. I think it's really smart of them to do it this way because I think it's going to cause them to blow up. I think they're going to, I mean, they had a Super Bowl ad, right? Like they're, they're smart with marketing. I think that, like I said, I got six people to sign up for this today and a whole bunch of them are like, well, yeah, I picked a free gift. So what do I have to do to get my free gift? And I'm like, don't do it. You're going to have to get like a hundred people to sign up in order to get your free gift. This is like, what if TikTok and Timu are working together? <laughs> Yeah, it, it's, it's <laughs> smart. Congressional hearings on Timu. It's smart. So anyways, let us know in the comments below. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe uh, if I were to just trying to distill it down into like clear as possible, I think it's a good app that you can use for buying things cheap for yourself or for potentially for resale. It's dangerous in the sense that there's a lot of knockoffs that you can get. So you have to be more cautious. It might even be worthwhile as a reseller to look what's on there because now I would never buy Pit Vipers, for instance, or certain brands of sunglasses or certain things. Even I more would be more careful with video games now because I see that you can get knockoffs on Timu for pennies on the dollar. So if now I'm going to a garage sale and somebody's got like, yeah, I've got these 10 yeah, Pit Vipers. And thing, yeah. so, so there are things you got to be careful of. So as a, as a reseller, I would still check the website. What are they selling? Um, Buy, you get stuff personally, but be careful with the like referral thing. I think that there is some benefits potentially for some people, but you start to cross into the line of, I really felt bad. Like I felt like, man, I kind of actually like begged a bunch of people to sign up for this thing. And then now they're like, well, how do I get my free gift that I clicked on? I have to do this and I have to do that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like I kind of feel like you got scammed a little bit. Not really. I mean, you technically could get the stuff, but it's a lot of work and is it really worth it? So Interesting experiment. I figured I'd give it a try so you don't have to. Um, I mean, do whatever you want. If you want to try it yourself and you want to refer 100 friends and bug all your, your friends and, and text message them, go for it. But uh, if it's too good to be true, oftentimes it is. True, true, true. Now, you had mentioned the Discord a lot. In case you're wondering what we're talking about, as, as part of you know supporting the Discord via Patreon, you can have access to uh, the discord. And so if you haven't yet helped us out and you want to, cause you know, we provide value and it's helped you out, go on over to patreon.com slash pure. podcast and sign up for five fifty five a month, uh, to help support our podcast right now. Mike and I are transitioning as far as the way the podcast goes, we're going to have to buy new equipment. And if you sign up, definitely will help us out. Uh, you can also go to the link below pure. So, uh, pay, excuse me, patreon.com slash pure. So podcast and sign up for five fifty five a month. I love the discord. Discord is great. I learned so much. I'm telling you, I'm learning more and more, uh, from the discord than being on social media sometimes because it's just right there. So definitely check it out. Uh, also, if you want to follow us on, on social media, we are pure. So podcast on, 
pure on, man i'm slowing down here on instagram facebook and tiktok and you can also follow us on twitter pure soul cast we're gonna be blue check marks just a little bit longer so sorry okay anyways you can always give us a call 619-738-1170 619-738-1170 or shoot us an email at purezapodcast at gmail.com and as always if you're listening to this podcast for the first time and you haven't checked us out on youtube jump on over hit that subscribe button watch one of our episodes we always drop mini sods on monday and sometimes we drop random videos so check us out there and as always always grateful for all the itunes reviews if you haven't yet go on over to itunes we're almost at 700 reviews we are the most reviewed uh reselling podcast and it's because of all of you awesome people out there that have dropped reviews five stars and said this is why i love listening to pierce podcast uh your itunes help is always greatly appreciated all right you ready to talk about some uh topics here yeah we'll do our reseller news uh we might have to maybe move some of these to next time because uh, we're already almost an hour this is crazy so let's see <laughs> having a good time Reselling continues to happen. eBay is doing eBay things. And we're going to talk about that. All of this and more on Reseller News. Orlando, take it away. All right. So the first one isn't like news worthy, but it is, I think it's important. So I had mentioned about a month and a half ago, how I put my store on 50% off and sales were coming in like crazy. Right. And and basically for that month of of famine that I had in in January or two months, January, February, it was all made up in March when I dropped that 50 percent off sale. But then things slow down and it got back to normal. And I'm like, OK, I don't know what's going on, but I don't like the fact that things have slowed down the way they slow down. And so I was wondering, OK, what should I do? Should I list more? Do I need to, you know, end up running more promotions? All I did is one day on a Friday, I turned off my sale at noon and I restarted the 50% off at two o'clock. And as soon as two hit sales, 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 sales. So what has been the lesson for me on this? It's the fact that having good enough items is just not good enough. Having, you know, just great items that you find and and selling them for a good price. That's not going to get you sales on eBay. And I know that's going to bother a lot of people. Uh, it's funny. I, uh, on a side note, I went to the reselling forum on eBay. I'm just not going to go there, even though it's supposed to be a valuable tool. So I went on the, you know, how you can sort things out by, you know, most newest or most reviewed or most helpful. So I went to most helpful. What kind of, what kind of comments do you think were in the most helpful? Uh, I mean, I, is it negativity? Does negativity yeah, it was, uh, like, surface to the top there? Here's some of the titles. Continue to bite the hand that feeds you. Buyer asked for gift card of purchase. Scam. I just wanted to thank eBay for giving its sellers the middle finger again. It's seriously not worth selling here anymore. Social security number wanted. Time for eBay to lift their banning of selling fabric face masks. eBay dead. Slow sales since 2019. eBay charges selling fees on taxes. Am I closed, eBay? I'm so tired of no sales. What is happening? Are we going out of business, eBay? And it's just, eBay, and it just goes on and on and on and on. And I'm like, hey, this is a side note, but I'm like, they, and just you know, each one of those was a separate thread. Yes, but that's under most helpful. It's because they're just what? doing most helpful as like people agree and thumbs up it. And again, it kind of goes to that idea of like negativity loves misery loves company. Yeah, misery loves company. Negativity spreads. 
And so if, if people are doing negative things, it's more likely like if you're really, if you go and you have a very negative experience somewhere, like even just the kind of negative experience, I'm more willing to leave, like do the survey and be like, yeah, it wasn't good. The server was bad or this, you know, they, the, the restrooms are super unclean. Whereas like things have to be really, really good in order to leave good feedback. You know, usually it's like, no, you no. could take this survey and you can win $20. I'm like, sweet. You know, and you walk out and you don't do anything. People are more likely to... Um, the people with the itchy fingers will comment. Yeah. And, and and the whole like squeaky wheel gets the oil and all those things. Like, So people who are upset are more likely to say things and to, to agree with that. That being said, the fact that there's so many also is is an indication that there is something potentially wrong that needs to be addressed. The fact that overall, even on eBay, the things that are most liked and most interacted with in general are negative things for eBay. That's yeah, not great PR. So the reason I bring this up is all these people, I was looking through all the slow sales and what people were talking about. And, and all these individuals were saying, Hey, I don't want to do promoted listings. I don't want to run sales. I don't want to do coupons. And I, I refuse to do any of these things. And I'm reading these things. I'm going, yeah, but you're not going to get more sales. You can go out and you can source the most amazing of things and price them competitively and you still may not get sales. And this is going to tie into the eBay Q1 uh, quarterly report that came out. Where do you think eBay made the most money on? I mean, it's definitely on on the fees they're charging sellers. Correct. Correct. And so if that's how eBay is making the money, guess what? They're going to want you to promote your items. That's just That's just facts. That's just the way it runs. So... And you could you could get upset about it, and it's understandable be upset. But the reality is, you know, I don't mind paying the two to four percent promoted ads if it's going to get me the sale, and I'm going to make five x on an item or three x, four x, whatever it is, right? Because most of my items I buy really low. So I, I encourage you if if you're still sourcing great items and your sales are slow, run the sale, do the coupon, run the promoted ads, accept offers get that algorithm to start liking you again. Cause this is what happened here, right? I, I had great prices. I had great items. I, I had run and promoted ads. I was doing everything, but eBay just wanted to feel, I guess the algorithm, you know, Cassini, if that's the algorithm's name still, all I wanted to know was that I was still running deals. So I ended that sale. I ran the sale again and now sales exploded again. And I'm probably going to start cycling that out until eBay eventually gets tired of that too. Right. Because even even with the end listing and so similar, like it does, it does, it does work. But I think after a while, like if that's the only thing you're doing, it's only going to work for so long. You're going to have to start listing brand new items. You're going to have to start doing those. Well, things. I mean, that makes sense. If 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 you only got the same items, if you haven't added new items, and that's all you're doing. Eventually, you're going to get to the point where the desirability of the items you have in stock is going down because the stuff that was most desirable is already sold. So that makes sense that doing that same thing only over and over and over is not going to have the same kind of return every single time you do it. But it, it, again, it does make sense that a system that big is it's got to refresh, right? There's, there's a refresh time or they're kind of going back through stuff. And if you are doing new things to your store, whether it's new sales, new, whatever, when eBay is kind of like refreshing, it's like the listings, it's going to bump you up. You're going to be closer to the top as opposed to, but you haven't done anything new. You kind of, your store is the exact same as the last hundred times we've refreshed over the last month. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're lower down as opposed to like, 
hey, this store now has tons of new things and they're running a new sale and they're running. So as far as the system is concerned, even though the sell is the same amount, it's different. You know, it's 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 your store has refreshed since we've refreshed. There's something new that we're 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 indexing for your store. And so let's let's bump it up. So it, it kind of makes sense. It's not I don't think it's it's malicious. I don't think um, I do think there's an element. I mean, it, we see it with things like Poshmark. We see it with things like Timu. We see it with other kind of socialized um, selling platforms where they want activity. They know that if a buyer or a seller is active, if they're coming in several times a day and doing something, it's more likely that they're going to be buying stuff or it's more likely that they're going to be, you know, telling their friends about it or so they want people in their apps. I mean, that's why when we went to eBay open a while back, they talked about like having almost like a blog platform where people can go in and learn about, you know, like they'd have their almost own YouTube. Like if you want to learn about comics, there's going to be a comic page and there's going to be experts teaching about comics. And, and, And what they're trying to do again is they're trying to make it where people make it part of their daily habit. Like the same way they go on Instagram and scroll, they're going on eBay and they're going to their little club on eBay and they're learning because the more people are on a site, the better that site's going to do, even if it's just ads that they're selling, whatever it is. And, and so it makes sense that, I don't, I don't think it's nefarious. I don't think they're trying to, I don't even think it's that smart that they're, they're trying to, I think it's just, they want, they want new things happening in your store. So how can we manipulate that as the seller? Well, end your sell, run a new sell, add, add some new items to your store, change the promoted value listings. Cause if your store had, has had zero change, I mean, I learned some of this with, and, and some of you who have websites know a lot more about this, but like SEO and like, um, Google search search engine optimization. You've got a website, you've got a blog. Google is running its like whatever the refresh is called, where they're crawling through the web and they're checking like things and they're indexing and they're moving things up. And how many times has this site been visited? Well, if your store hasn't had a lot of action or your website hasn't had something new added, something changed, a lot of activity on it, then when they the crawler goes through, it's not it doesn't recognize any changes. Whereas this other website has had tons of new people, tons of new things. So now it's going to start interacting with that. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. eBay is just interacting with the stores that have got more going on with it. So use that knowledge to your advantage and say, what can I do in my store? Hey, I'm going to take all of my items and I'm going to change it from 1% promoted listing up to 2%. And then in a couple of days, I'll change it back down to 1.5 and then I'll go to one and then I'll go to two again. And you're just kind of playing with it because then eBay is like, oh, something's different with the store. And maybe that works for you. And if it's not that, maybe it's something else. But there's some things we can do to, I don't want to say manipulate, but to recognize, hey, this is the way it is. At least I'm not sharing items all day long, like on Poshmark. No, no. that's a whole nother story. All right. Now let's go to the quarter results from eBay. So the Q1 results, uh, net revenues of 2.51 billion surpassed uh, the consensus, the Zach's consensus estimate of 2.48 billion. So they were more profitable than estimated. Uh, the figure increased 1% from the year ago quarter on reported basis, strengthening momentum across the advertising offerings of eBay was a tailwind. eBay's promoted listings generated revenues of $285 million, up 27% on a reported basis and 31% on an FX neutral basis from the prior year quarter's levels. This fueled momentum across eBay's first-party advertising products. Total advertising offerings yielded $317 million in revenues, which grew 18.7% on a year-over-year basis. So they're definitely making money from whether it be standard, the regular promoted listings where you're just putting the 2%, or the advanced where they're doing pay-per-click. Now, here's the, the, the stuff that was concerning. 
<clears throat> However, softness in eBay's marketplace platform and weakening. This is from Yahoo Finance, by the way. However, softness in eBay's marketplace platform and weakening momentum among active buyers were concerns. eBay witnessed a year-over-year decline of 7% in the active buyer base, which stood at $133 million at the end of the first quarter. So that is concerning. That just means people are going to other places. Now, I don't think that is like terrible, terrible. It's just a sign of the times that a lot of other people have gained market share of the reselling space. Also, eBay's uh, revenue, okay, their gross merchandise value, that means how much they've actually sold, okay? It's down compared to this same quarter last year. So in Q1 of, let me pull this up here. In Q1 of 2022, okay, they had, I'm almost there. They had 19.4 billion, okay, in revenue. This year, Q1, 18.4 billion. So a billion dollar loss when it comes to gross merchandise. Yeah, and that what makes that really hard is when you see like, hey, we've grown as we've made more money. We were profitable this year. Also, a billion dollars less of items was sold on our platform this year, right? Like, if they're making their money off of final value fees, if that's like the the key of where they're making their money, and final value fees haven't gone up, then they would have gone down significantly. So what's happened is like they've got lower. They're they're doing worse. They're doing worse, but they're making more money. So it's like, where are they getting that money from? So they're squeezing it out of the sellers. And I think that's what frustrates people is it's like, yeah, you can on paper. I mean, until you dig down deep, you can say like, look, we've, we've grown X percent over, you know, this year we were actually profitable this, this quarter. We didn't think we'd be this profitable. I mean, sure. We're a billion dollars less uh, in gross, a billion dollars less in items, value of items have sold on our platform but we made more money. It's like, well, you make money because things sell on your platform. So if a billion dollars, billion fewer dollars sold on your platform, you should have made less money, but they made more. So that means that they're squeezing it out of us. So again, it's still better than potentially having a brick and mortar, unless you're in a position where you can do that in a market. It's still a great place to sell, you know, because... But it's still concerning numbers. It is concerning numbers, but the, uh, you know, the fact of all the seller protections... And the marketing, the fact that you can sell globally and you're only paying 12% in fees, like that's great. It's still great. Again, it's all about keeping your costs low, right? Somebody had mentioned to me on Instagram the other day, I keep posting about just letting things go because I keep selling things for cheap. And, you know, for example, uh, one of the posts was a Lee Stormrider jacket. Those vintage jackets, I used to be able to get 200 to 250 back in 2020, 2019, 2018. Now, anywhere for 100 150 and then somebody had commented wow it seems that things are selling at recession prices and i think that's right i think part of being successful on ebay is adapting and at, right now it, you need to keep your costs low because your prices that you're going to list things for are going to be lower than usual you can't expect the same return on items and now if there's less buyers right it's going to even incline more for you to play in ebay sandbox and if ebay wants you to promote listings, if eBay wants you to, you know, send offers, run a sale, it's going to have to be part of the business. You're going to have to adapt. Now, one more item we'll cover here on our reseller topics is, did you know that now eBay is offering feedback for buyers with photos? I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. You know, on Amazon, you ever go on Amazon, you look at the feedback and people have posted videos or these posted oh, pictures. Yeah, yeah. That's what eBay is doing. Oh, now. interesting. Um, 
I can't imagine that being great for for sellers. Um, I mean, it might be good for the platform, uh, which in in a long roundabout way is good for the sellers. Uh, but I doubt again. I doubt somebody saying, "Hey, this was packaged really well," is going to like take a picture of like how it was packaged before they opened it. You know, whereas if somebody's really upset, might take some pictures of like a banged up box that's open that they even helped rip a little bit more, and they're like, "This is how they shipped it." So you're probably more likely to get pictures and feedback of like yeah, people imagine, being upset. Imagine the negative feedback. That's what I mean. Like the negative that's feedback wild. is going to come with pictures. I doubt very many people are going to be like. This was the ticket I wanted and take a picture of them holding the ticket, like smiling or something like Well, some Etsy sellers were saying that they like it because I guess on Etsy has been going on for a while and people will wear their vintage piece and like go, hey, this is the jacket I got or whatever. Yeah, I think it's more probably for like people who have like replenishables. That yeah, would yeah be I think it's better for new items. Yeah, I mean, well, it's better, better for sellers for new because items. On Amazon, right? I go on there and I, I watch mm-hmm. the reviews of videos and pictures because yeah. I like seeing how things, you know, how they how they work and, and you know, the quality of it. I can see that. But yeah, I, I it's not going to work for like the secondary. Yeah, yeah. Like I got this vintage hat. Check out. I mean, I, I think it's going to I think it's going to be comedic. Maybe. You know what I mean? Like I had the other day I had somebody had to return a Kobe jersey uh, because I forgot to list that it was a kid's. I, I, I put adult. And the guy took a picture of himself, a selfie in the mirror, but it just looked hilarious. And I'm like, this, this is too funny. But imagine people just like, Hey, I got these vintage shorts <laughs> or, you know, the sweater, this, you know, this buyer sent me the sweater and it just didn't fit. Like it just, I can only imagine what's going to be yeah. on that. I feel like you're only for the most part, you're only going to get pictures of non new replenishable items if it's people upset. So I don't know, maybe we'll, we'll just have to see. I mean, but again, I want to bring us back to unpaid items hasn't been fixed yet, but this is something new that they've introduced. Like I, I how sad will it be if we get to August one year from the announcement being made that unpaid items is going to be gone and we're still dealing with it. Just saying, eBay, we love you. I got, I got maybe an old English tattoo of eBay on my back. Okay. But I'm telling you, like, just listen to your secondary sellers, please. All right. So that is uh so there's a topic I wanted to talk on here. Um, the science of thrift shops, which I thought was fascinating, but I think we may make that into a themed episode. Yeah, that so sounds good. There's a whole study done about what draws people to thrift shops. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that should be a themed episode. For so, sure. hey, but something that is really cool before we move on to our bobo bolos is uh, whatnot. So, whatnot is a great place if you want to source or you want to just buy things. Uh, you get fifteen dollar credit by just signing up via our link below, and you can you can buy from anybody. It doesn't have to be from us. You can buy that vintage toy you've been looking for, that vintage hat. We may be doing an auction here soon. Maybe Mike on before he heads off to Texas needs to do a whatnot auction of all his goods. We haven't even talked about that, but I, I still have stuff. I have I want to I have a bunch of hats. I just want to go through all my hats and just like move all my hats. And so maybe I'll do a one-not auction. So if you haven't yet, go to the link below, sign up for one-not VR link and uh, get that free $15 credit. All right. Let's talk about some bolos here. What's your bolo? Yeah. All right. So um, my bolo, this might be a little early, but I'm kind of already noticing it pick up. So, did you watch the new Dune movie? 
<laughs> the one that comes out in November? No, no, the, the that's part two. Oh, it's f- fantastic! It is so ama- good. Right? It is one of the best movies that have so. Has, it's good. over and over a decade. I would say since Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, no, it, it's such a good movie. And I so I read the Dune series, not all of the books. I I think I've read like the first four in the series, and then it started getting really weird. I was like halfway through number five, and I'm like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Um. But the first book and then the second book is pretty good too. But the first book is an amazing book. And then the old movies, eh, I mean, <laughs> Not so much. I mean, if you watched them as like a like younger and it was kind of just like, oh, it's kind of cool. But they, it wasn't as real to the story. It didn't, I mean, obviously the graphics weren't there. It just, it was okay. But the, the Dune movie that came out last year was just, it was, epic. It was so good. The, the soundtrack was amazing. The music was amazing. The sound design was, the picture, the cinematography, everything was so good. And, my wife is not a sci-fi fan. Um, and I took her to, I had her go watch it with me in the theaters. I'm like, you've got like, please, I want to see this movie. She's like, okay. And she left that. And she's like, I actually really liked it. She's like, I had a good story. It wasn't just action, action, action. And so she sat and watched it again. We bought the movie and watched it with my in-laws and she watched it again. And, and it's drawing in a ton of people who aren't even like Dune fans. Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed is, Again, I was at Barnes and Noble. I'm seeing like, man, like, because I've played a lot of the newer Dune board games recently, and I'm like, man, Dune is actually picking. Like, there's a lot of interest in Dune right now. And back in the day, they had like Dune 2000, I think it was what it was called. They had like a video game, and there was like an Emperor of Dune well, video. The vintage game. toys are good money too. And vi- yeah, so <clears throat> all that to be said, it's a little early. I still think you're gonna do really well if you find some of the older, you know, Windows Dune stuff, or even like Sega Genesis. Like, there's some Sega Genesis like Dune games that are just they go for crazy amounts of money not all of them some go for like 10 bucks but again a lot of them are 100 150 dollars or more so all that to be said in november part two of dune is coming out and i'm it's i i, I will be in line to watch it like i don't watch a lot of movies in the theater i will be watching that one the have you watched hype, the new trailer it just, I watched it the trailer just dropped I, I i haven't watched it yet by the time this comes out this podcast i for sure will have seen it <laughs> but anyways i just realized when the new one was coming out i knew it was sometime this year later in the year so now I'm like, oh my gosh, like I cannot wait. And I know the hype is going to be big. And so whenever, again, there's big hype for things, all of the collectors are people who are just like, oh yeah, that's a cool thing. They're going to be going and buying up all the old stuff. Mm-hmm. So now is the time. If you see it, if you find it even might be worthwhile, again, it's always a little risky, um, but it's not always a bad idea to, you know, potentially buy some of that stuff off of eBay now, knowing that it's going to go for even more once the hype comes. So I think Dune stuff is going to be a, a huge hit come here in, in a few months yeah i agree i agree so my bolo just it's it's a tried and true bolo but i i was reminded of this based on that pickup i had talked about where i picked up all that toner and it's not a hustle of the week yet but if you didn't catch our li- recent update episode i talked about how i came across a bunch of toner and i paid 12 dollars for all kinds of toner within 24 hours i sold one for 30 a day later i sold another one for 40 and somebody called me out in the comments and said, you guys should know by now that toner doesn't expire. Yeah, me too. Because I was saying, yeah, I've sold some that expired. Okay, it's in cartridges. But they can go bad after a while. They can, but they go a lot longer. Yeah, so. yeah. But anyways, I just thought it was funny because I totally missed that. But toner is so good. And here's why toner is good. Sometimes you have companies that will just go in there and they'll offer you a deal to buy all your toner. And so if you really want to move it quick, you can move it quick, right? You can say, you know, they might offer you just 50% off. Like, for example, they it's 60 and they'll say, hey, I'll buy all your toner for 30 a piece. And you know what? It may be worth it to make that quick money. 
there's also drop shippers that sell your toner too. I've had drop shipping right now where people are like, make sure that, you know, the box is intact and you bubble wrap it and make sure the seal isn't broken. And I'm like, okay, this, it's all in my listing. Well, like, why are you stressing? And then I, go, then I remember, oh, it's a drop shipper. They want to make sure that everything's all good. Love them drop shippers. Love them drop shippers. So toner is my bolo because toner for the most part does not expire. Toner brings in good money. You can make some quick sales. And if it's a drop shipper that gets your stuff, even better. Because it's not going to get returned. They can't leave you negative feedback. Because if they ever try, all you have to be is, hey, by the way, it seems that you're a drop shipper. And usually they go away. That's good. So anyway, that's my bolo. All right. Hey, so what are you looking forward to here? Um, I'm looking forward to getting rid of some of the bigger things that I have locally. I'm going to make that a priority this next week is to get them up, get them listed, get them moved. So that way I don't have to worry about them during my upcoming move and just have that, that money. Uh, some of those things it's like, Oh, I'll sell this on offer up or Facebook marketplace. But again, because of the hassle, you don't always do it. Mm. Um, but I, I definitely do not want to list like, for instance, I have like six or seven, um, rabbit cages that are like expensive rabbit cages they're not like they're not like you go get at a pet store like they're like top tier cages or something yeah yeah there's actually in san diego there's a place that um makes rabbit cages and they're like really really well known so occasionally you can find them at garage sales and um interesting anyways they're they're top tier they're very expensive rabbit cages and there's a lot of people who you know raise rabbits for me or other things and so um I've got a bunch of them and i'm definitely not going to ship them on ebay because it wouldn't be worth it uh but selling them locally, I know I could probably make, you know, close to a hundred dollars each on these. Um, and I've got like six or seven of them. I just haven't taken the time because again, each like I'm only going to sell like one or two at a time in my car because my, it, they take up, would take up the whole back of my forerunner. They're, they're pretty big things. And so, um, it's going to be a pain, but I'm, I'm excited to get rid of them, get that money and then just have that off my back. All right. What are you looking forward to? Uh, so a few, a few things here at garage sales. I just, the, the amount of stuff, you can pick up at garage sales. I mean, I spent seventy five dollars this last time, and I picked up like close to a hundred items for seventy five bucks, right? And it, it, I don't even know how much money I'm gonna make. It's it, and here's the thing: I did the Instagram story, and I said conservatively, I'm gonna maybe make you know four hundred dollars. No, I think it's gonna be like a thousand, mm. right? You sometimes you don't find out till after, and so I'm really looking forward to that. I just love getting out there. I love haggling. It's just it's a lot of fun too. Uh, also I want to experiment more, experiment more with sales. So recently, you know, I just talked about how turning off the 50%, turn it back on, you know, I want to do that again and, or maybe do 30% offer coupons. I just, I want to see what works. If the 50% turning off, turning back on continues to work, I'll keep doing it. And if it doesn't work, I'll do something else. So stay tuned. I'll let you guys know about that. And I'm really excited about this new connection. Cause I definitely believe this new connection is going to allow me to scale one more time my reselling business. I'm in this weird spot right now where my son has one more year at the school he goes to and he'll be graduating. And that's going to really open the door for me as to what I should be doing. I've had offers at schools to become head of school. I've had uh, offers to, you know, continue doing, I, I'm doing the homeschool co-ops where I teach history and that's, that's excelled. And I love it. I love that's a highlight of my week uh, alongside with it's not the same as garage selling it's just a different kind of you know uh enjoyment and so this new connection may cause me to maybe continue on in reselling or it may open the doors where i have a constant flow of inventory where i can maybe 
get back into more of education and do more of this on the side. Uh, one thing I do know is this, is that I don't think I'll ever stop reselling. And, you know, whether it be I, you know, become a head of school and I just do part time or maybe I just do both. I mean, there's people that just continue doing both. And so we'll just have to wait and see. So I'm kind of excited about this new connection and see what happens there. I like it. Hopefully you enjoyed this uh, longer uh, update episode. Appreciate every one of you tuning in. If you haven't smashed that like button, do so. If you're listening and you haven't seen us on YouTube, come on over and leave us a comment. Were we what you thought we would be? I always love the comments because it's kind of scary at times uh, <laughs> what you know people may come across when they see the YouTube. But appreciate every single one of you. Love all your support. And as always, make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Lates. Peace.